Hello, and welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. My name is Yah. I'm an RD2B, Dietitian Boss Podcast co-host, and Dietitian Boss Method Instructor. The Dietitian Boss Program empowers dietitians and nutritionists to create their private practice from scratch and emboldens already established practitioners to think bigger. The Dietitian Boss Method provides a step-by-step process to improve how you market yourself on social media so you can become far more profitable and create more impact by working with the clients you truly want to work with. Every week on my solo episode, I will dive deep when answering questions submitted by you all via our Instagram story poll and comment section of our Instagram account. So stay tuned. Eve Fuller is a registered dietitian, certified dietitian nutritionist from Seneca Falls, New York. She's been working in the clinical arena for the last three years and recently started her own private practice in September of 2020. She's passionate about helping women find a balance between food, body, and mind by helping them end restrictive dieting and make peace with food. She loves to help women find pleasure in food and eating and also appreciate themselves as they are. You can find Eve on Instagram at food period peace underscore nutritionist. Welcome to the podcast episode, Eve. Super excited to talk with you today. Thank you for having me. Let's dive right on in. Can you share a little bit about where you started, especially since you started rather recently and compare where you started to where you are right now? Like, did you have an Instagram account? What type of work? A little bit more about the work you were doing before. And were you working with any of your dream clients in that role? Yeah. So I am still at my clinical job. I work in inpatient and the outpatient setting. So I do see people and counsel them there. I was just basically doing a lot of diabetes type two counseling and weight management, weight loss, and the occasional renal patient. So I was not really working with my ideal client there. I've always tried to use intuitive eating principles within my counseling so that I'm familiar with, but not you know, exactly in my niche that I am now. So it's been a big change. I still have my private practice where I have an office and a big goal for me is to be able to not pay rent for that office and be able to do more virtual from home. Awesome. That's a major goal. Thanks so much for sharing that. We do oftentimes get dietitians in our program that do have brick and mortar and they want to make that transition to save on rent, which is a big deal. You can do a lot with that extra money for sure. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the types of clients you work with now. A little bit more about your current niche that I didn't kind of talk about in the bio. And was this where you started? Has it evolved? And what do you particularly like working with this niche? So it is where I started when I've started out in the program and moving to virtual. I'm in the food freedom niche, so intuitive eating, and I work with women like late 20s to late 30s, and they're active women. What really kind of got me liking to work with this group is because in you know my practice at clinical and outpatient you know, everything is just so focused on losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. And the doctor's referring these patients and I'm putting, you know, diets in place for them and it's not working for them. It's not working for them. So they're coming back upset. Like, what is it me? Like, have I failed? Like, what is it? You know, do I not have enough willpower? So I was just noticing these implementations not really working. So I got into the food freedom niche with intuitive eating so I can help people kind of just end that restrictive and constant diet cycle of, starting over, you know, going through the guilty feelings, self-sabotaging, and then back to square one. 
So I want them to find joy in eating and pleasure in eating and know that they can still be healthy at any size. That's such a really powerful insight. And this is kind of like, in addition to what you were just talking about, a follow-up question, would you say that it's a lot harder to introduce intuitive eating principles in a clinical setting, especially if the doctor's telling you to write up a plan based on what he's come across? Absolutely. Because even when I still am working with weight loss, I try to tell people, you know, you can still eat some of the foods that you've probably been told you can't, it's possible to include everything and find balance and still do that without having to restrict and eliminate. And people have a hard time understanding that. Oh, I bet. Cause it seems like two conflicting messages coming at them. And of course, everyone looks at the doctor title. I do air quotes because they're not nutritionists. It's like the, the doctor knows about nutrition. It's like, no, no, they don't. They took like a couple of classes. So it can be hard to combat that. It can. And it's hard to, when you're getting doctor referrals, because some people, you know, they may not really want to be there. So you may just see them once or twice and you may not get to see the client again. So that's a hard part of that, of that job, I think. For sure. And that's probably why you like working with the clients you work with now, because you do have this life cycle in the foreseeable future versus it's like a one-off and you don't really get to build a rapport with them. So let's dive in with your current, I would love for you to kind of share a little bit more about like, have you had this dream working with these types of clients and kind of like what comes to mind when you think about being able to run your own business and what it affords you kind of in the same breath of obviously being able to see clients more frequently, of course. I've always had this dream. I went to school for psychology first and got my bachelor's in psychology. And then I just, through my own health and wellness journey myself, I used to struggle with all these same things. So when I went down to Florida and I went back to school for nutrition, I had gained a lot of weight myself and I'd lost the weight all by those methods, by calorie counting, by low calorie diet, 1200 calories a day, restricting my favorite foods like pizza, ice cream, tacos, you know, stressing over every morsel I put in my mouth. So I personally have been in this struggle and the weight came off. But as it came off, you know, you start to loosen up a little bit, include your foods and it comes back on and you start all over. So I've always had, you know, kind of my head in the intuitive eating space after learning about it. And I really want to help other people kind of learn about that too. Yeah. And private practice was always a dream for me too. I think I went into the nutrition degree, you know, really wanting to do that, but always having the fear, when am I going to have enough experience? Oh, yeah, that's like a big limiting belief for a lot of people. And oftentimes, you know, you have to practice. So you have to allow yourself to be a beginner. It's like you can't go from school to expert. And that's why you're so qualified to work in a clinical setting. So you're qualified to work for yourself. I feel like that framing, for some reason, people forget that leap. I was like, you're literally going from getting your credential to working in a hospital, dealing with like life and death situations. So what's stopping you from working in a a one-on-one private practice where people don't necessarily has as dire of health concerns. There's no tube feedings and all the more complex things. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mindset shift for me in starting has been the biggest, you know, helper for me. Just knowing like you already have the knowledge. There's absolutely no reason. Like you're already counseling people. There's absolutely no reason you can't do it for yourself. Make your own money. Yes. That's the key. You're already doing it for someone else, but I don't know how, I think for some reason people don't, 
think that experience working for other people qualified. It's almost like I need to have experience with my own wings or something. It's like, but you've been doing it under someone else. So just transition. So yeah, that's a really good framing. I thank you for sharing that. And I hope people listening to the episode start to realize like you're already doing it. You just need to step out and just charge your own rates and have your own experience with your clients that obviously gives them more time and interaction with you, which is so great for them in terms of getting a certain outcome. And could you give like a specific example when you knew like, yes, I'm building the no like trust factor with my audience because a big part of feeling like you're a business owner and kind of getting yourself out there and feeling like an expert. Some people really need that kind of validation in the form of like comments or things like that. So can you give like a specific example where it was like, oh my God, I'm doing this and people like want what I'm offering outside of a clinical setting? Yeah, I think really when, you know, I laid out my offer and I was kind of writing down what I thought my ideal client was. And then my first sales call, and she literally was like the same person I had written down (laughs) on that piece of paper. So I don't think that could be any more validating. That's huge. That's a big part of the dietitian boss method. A lot of people, when they think about starting their business, it's very easy to think, oh, it's just marketing, like putting up graphics and doing random stuff that looks like busy business tasks. Like I'm keeping busy doing business like tasks, but honestly, it's all about just really understanding who you're working with. So doing that ideal client exercise is really helpful because then you can create content from a more genuine space. And you can start talking with people, not at people. Because if you want to get into private practice, you know a lot. Obviously, Eve, you know a lot working for other people. But it's it's a big tendency to talk at people because it's very short. There's like not a lot of time that you have with these people. So you really just got to give it to them quick. And private practice is different. So I love that you said that you kind of really took the time. And I remember reading your bio. I was like, wow you really, really know them. I didn't feel like you were talking at anyone. It felt like you were really inside your ideal client's head, which is beautiful. I don't often see that with DV. So I commend you for being so aware of who you would like to serve. And I'm glad it paid off because you said you had that first sales call and you're like, oh my God, I like literally wrote the script for this woman's life. (laughs) It was an aha moment. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so good. And part of being able to nail that messaging and speak to them is being able to then get them on sales calls and attract them. So you probably set your goals. I know you did at the start, your short, your long-term money goals. So can you share with everyone the goals you set in terms of being able to put out content and start reaching these goals you've set? To put out content, I just kind of started with the general diet boss method. So trying to get in stories three times a week, which I still am trying to improve on that. That is an area mm. I still struggle with. So I'm still working on that yeah. all the time and trying to post five times a week. So yeah. that's my basic layout. You know, it's nice. You want to try to get ahead of it and make sure you have enough to get through your mm. week, especially if you work full time. Uh-huh. So time yeah. management super important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because having goals around just even having your content ready, or if you have things like reviewing any materials for your group program or anything like that, you do want to have some good goals behind it. So I like that you have some productivity goals kind of woven in there. That is something that gets people caught up because consistency definitely matters when it comes to growing your business. And what's like another goal that you have 
um, like a big goal that you have for maybe like the next three to six months that you're planning on accomplishing? Let's see. In the next three months, I really would like to have at least four clients a month Four new clients, I think is a good goal for me now. Mm. And then maybe in six, you know, doubling that. Yeah. And in, in a year, possibly being able to go, you know, part-time at my clinical job or, you know, who knows if it's, if it's better, I could maybe leave. <laughs> Yay. I love that. That's awesome. I love how v- very clear you've set this path for yourself, which is wonderful. And so far in the program, how much money have you made and what has that money afforded you? I have made 500 so far. I have five new or two new clients and I've kind of just been saving it right now. So <laughs> it's afforded me a savings account, an extra savings account. Yay. Yeah, which is hey. always good. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Congrats on getting two clients, especially since, you know, you're really growing this from scratch, like really getting into learning. She like learned how to create graphics in Canva learned how to create an offer. So to get two people in your program is awesome. You should really be proud of yourself. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's, it's been really fun. Yay. And part of like being able to get out there on your own, it really involves kind of asking yourself, what are some things that might potentially hold you back? Because if you want to really attract big money, if you want to have those four clients a month consistently, those eight clients a month consistently, go part-time in clinical, potentially leave, you have to like really open yourself up to attract that and believe that it's possible. But oftentimes there's these stories we tell ourselves, or we have these past experiences with money that limit us. And we think, oh my God, this isn't possible. No one wants to buy for me. So I wonder if you could share with the listeners a money story and what beliefs you had about money and how that potentially has held you back and, or what you are working to do to break free of it. Yeah, I would say definitely, even when I just started my part-time private practice, since I have to pay rent, I had to get an LLC, you know, there's all the startup costs. So you're just very worried. Like, what if I'm putting investing all of this money I've saved into this and I don't get a single person, but you know, a first month went by in that. And I had, I think four to five people I met with, like after the grand opening of that building. So you are going to be your own worst enemy in this process. Like you really are. And you just have to say, you know, if you build it, they will come. So yeah, you're going to have ups and downs, ups and downs. I'd, I'd say, you know, as a first time business owner, be prepared to have days where you're like, oh my God, like I suck at this. Like I'm not doing anything right. And then you're going to have days where you feel like you're on top of the world. So have more <laughs> days like that. Treat every day like that. Every day is a learning experience. Yeah, I like that. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, that's a good affirmation. Yes. <laughs> Everyone go write that down. That's a that's a really good affirmation, actually. And a big part of if you build it, they will come is building good content in Canva and they will come. So can you walk us through your content creation process? Like how did you develop your messaging to reach your ideal client? And where do you get inspiration from? I struggled with that a lot in the beginning, yeah, and you know that. <laughs> it's hard. You really have to dig into market research and get on calls with people because you have to speak their language. In the beginning, it was hard for me because I feel like I was speaking, you know, kind of at people, like in that dietitian clinical mode. And the best thing to do is kind of find out where people are hanging out and what they're saying 
So I do a lot of that in Facebook groups, Instagram, Reddit. I mean, I get a lot of inspiration just from my friends too. I love that. Yeah. People shortchange the people around them. Like these conversations are happening, but you don't necessarily like perk your ears up. Like you being a dietitian, you're kind of like used to nutrition talk, right? But now that you're like, I'm really trying to build an online practice where I have to create graphics and really attract them. Like those conversations become way more valuable at first. You're like, oh God, is she really talking about her binge eating thing again? Like, is she really, not that you don't care about it, but you know, you're kind of like, I've heard it before. I've heard it before. Not like, wait a minute. That's a content piece. That's something I could talk about on stories, which is really cool. Yeah. You open your ears up a lot more to what people are saying. That's for sure. Yeah. And then what happens when your posts don't do well? This is kind of going back to a point that you made. Like there are going to be some days that are sucky. Content is no different. So what do you do if a post doesn't do well, especially if you spent like your energy, like kind of researching it, creating it. I know you have fun creating stuff in Canva and it could be like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people struggle with this too. I know like in our group and I definitely do too. And I don't have a big account yet. So, you know, like a lot of my posts, they, they sometimes only get like seven to 15 likes. But then when you go and you look and you see people have actually like gone and visited your profile or visited, you know, your website, or they've made a call with you or they message you because it's not really likes. And you guys have taught me that too. It's like, who cares if you have five likes, you just made $500 in the last month. So you have to think about that too, because I mean, you think about, people get a 5,000 likes. Are they making money from that? Yeah, literally the fact that you've made $500 with like not having thousands and thousands of likes, there's plenty of people, myself included when I had like all these other types of like fashion and I had like a salon at one point. And it's amazing how people think lots of likes equal sales are like, Oh, but no one booked anything. And that's what matters like people booking. So kudos to you for doing things that people spend years banging their head against the wall to figure out and you figured out in a very limited amount of time, which is incredible. And I know a big part of being able to get here and be able to have two clients make $500 is really starting imperfectly. And the dietitian boss method really encourages people who are in the program to do so. So can you share a time where you were given advice by a coach to just do something imperfectly and how you felt about it? Yeah, I think that started with stories because I wanted to know if there should be like a theme you're talking about or that you should repeat. And they're like, nope, just get on. Post your food if you want, do whatever, just show up every day. Even if it's a picture of you holding your coffee in the morning. So yeah, it helps because that action will compound. And eventually when your schedule opens up, I know you had a lot changing with your your day job, you know, at least that one quick photo, you're doing something and then you'll build momentum and then it'll be easy to be like randomly posting and because random stuff can be the hardest because people overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point. It's just random. Anything's you gotta, like, hard if you it. overthink it. That's, that's true. <laughs> A thousand percent. And once you got out there and started posting the content imperfectly and you opened up the doors for people to find you on a sales call, Can you share what it was like pitching your offer after someone found you on social media and kind of give it an example of if it was tough, how you were able to overcome it? Because that is something very new. You're used to patients coming in your room. It's not like you had to go find them off the street. So these people are coming to you. So you have to talk to them about what you've got. So I'd love for you to share your expense, your experience with sales. 
Yeah. I, the first call, well, my second call too, I was actually pretty comfortable with it just from having my private practice because I was conducting discovery calls, whether it be on the phone, Zoom or face-to-face in my office already. So that was really comfortable for me for the most part, but closing the sale and asking for payment right away was a struggle because I was used to saying, all right, well, you know, you can think about it and let me know. So that's something that I, you know, worked on a little bit too. So I'm comfortable now asking right away. And if not giving them 40 hours to, to close the sale. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a big shift because, Hey, your time is precious and we want to make sure that you're attracting people who want to make a change immediately and pay you immediately. Cause that's a way to short, shorten the, the path of reaching your sales goals. And if you always give people a week or two weeks to decide or something, it's so much harder. So I'm glad that you've been able to make that shift. And then the last question I have for you, and I love to end the episodes on an empowering note. Can you give a specific example of how the dietitian boss method has empowered you And if you have an example, that would be great. If you just have like a quick kind of like one-liner thing as well, that's cool too. I would love to hear it. Definitely with mindset and support. I can't say enough how much this program has helped me because there are days where I've definitely like had a few meltdowns. (laughs) Like I can't get to this. I feel like I can't post on stories. I'm so busy. You know, I'm so stressed out. I can't even like get to the gym. I can't sleep. If I brought it to a call, you guys have always like, I feel better immediately getting off. So definitely mindset shift support. You know, it's been wonderful. Been great. Yay. Thank you so much, Eve. And as a reminder, you can find her on Instagram at food period peace underscore nutritionist. It's been a wonderful interview. Thank you. If you were inspired by this episode, click subscribe so we can fill your library with encouragement each week. Every day, your potential clients are searching online for professionals like you with the hopes of finding the right person who can make a genuine impact on their well-being and life. Join my group coaching program and follow the Dietitian Boss Method. You will be surrounded by other amazing dietitian bosses from around the world who will be there to cheer you on, support you, give you feedback, and provide you a spark for new ideas, all while following the proven dietitian boss method. You will be able to share your successes and struggles with people who get it. Book a call with my team to learn how you can become your own boss.